You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens. Hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed engaged and entertained my name is michael spinella and i'll be your host for the next hour and this is episode 214 of the canadians connection podcast and i'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host the editor-in-chief the founder and the president of rocket sports mr rick stevens rick how are you doing today on this lovely weekend it is a lovely weekend um particularly if you're in montreal 18 degrees a beautiful fall day um, and uh, a good day for hockey. Uh, I, Montreal Canadiens fans just seem to be uh, in a very good mood, and uh, the season is off to a, a pretty good start, and I think that uh, there's just a real nice uh, uh, energy around the, the city right now. Yeah, the vibes have been great uh, after almost, I guess, a little bit over a year at this point of just a dark cloud lo- looming over this franchise. It's uh, it's nice that uh, fans have something good to cheer about and there's some positivity going on. So I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, the Montreal Canadiens can do uh, for the rest of October here. Absolutely. And not only the Montreal Canadiens, it's uh, those prospects that are are, uh, that fans have their eye on because uh, this is uh, this is a, a team, a rebuilding team with youth. Um, so they're making a splash as well. And uh, we'll certainly get to, to a discussion about some of those Habs prospects coming up uh, later in the segment. But uh, on this episode, we get you up to date on everything Montreal Canadiens from this past week. Uh, we also have some very special quotes for this week, uh, some coming from Caden Gooley, Arbor Jackai, and everyone's favorite, Yuri Slavkovsky. In segment two, uh, we're going to do something that uh, we haven't done in a little while. We're going to reach out to our uh, Canadians Connection listeners and open up the All Habs Hockey Magazine mailbag. So we're going to answer some questions from uh, our very loyal and awesome listeners, and uh, we are very excited to get to those. I'm excited to get to it. And in segment three, uh, after you hear our answers to those questions, well, we want to hear a little bit from you, our uh, Canadians Connection Question of the Week. How do you feel about those uh, brand new reverse retro jerseys that they put out? And do you think you'll go out and buy one? We want to make sure that we hear from you. And Rick, uh, what's the best way for people to reach out and let us know? We have a special Rocket Sports text line we've uh, set up, especially for our 
uh, Montreal Canadiens community. And it's easy to remember. It's 5853-ROCKET. 5853-ROCKET, 5853762538. Text us anytime, 24 hours a day. Also, please make sure that you give us a follow on our social media accounts. You can also reach out to us that way. It's all it's a Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, you can also check out the website, CanadiansConnection.com. So we'll start things off with our game recaps. Uh, make sure you check out all the comprehensive post-game recaps and uh, the pre-game <laughs> reviews for every Montreal Canadiens game at allhabs.net. Uh, so starting back on October the 15th, Montreal uh, went into Washington and uh, not an overly exciting game. I think Montembeau looked pretty decent for his first start of the season, but uh, the Habs definitely struggled to generate some offense in this one. Yeah, continued to struggle off to, to um, um, generate offense. And, and uh, it was something that after this game, and Nick Suzuki got the lone goal, his first uh, of the season, his first as captain of the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, but this led to a bit of a change, uh, an adjustment, um, because it, it was Nick Suzuki and uh, Cole Caulfield that were just getting buried um, by going up against um, uh, the the opposition's uh, uh, best line and and uh, uh, having trouble uh, giving up chances and and so it was Sean Monahan that was moved up to that line for subsequent games um, adjustments are yeah they're necessary but but this was this was tough um, the final forty minutes of this game Montreal managed just one uh, high danger scoring chance so um, they're not going to score many goals uh, when when that's the case. But uh, Montreal did end up having a pretty decent game a couple days later on the 17th. Uh, they end up beating the Pittsburgh Penguins 3-2 to two in overtime. Um, after going up by two goals, uh, Montreal forfeited the lead. It was tied 2-2. Two to two. It went into overtime, and uh, Kirby Dock came up uh, with the game-winning goal. Uh, it was nice to see Jeff Petrie in that game. I haven't seen him in uh, a hot minute. Uh, Jeff Petrie was noticeable in that game with three minor penalties. Um, and, and, and listen, not to knock Jeff Petrie, he's been playing very well for uh, Pittsburgh. He played very well on the Thursday night game. But uh, on Tuesday against the Canadians, whether it was nerves, what it was, uh, he stood out uh, uh, by taking penalties uh, in that game. Um, and and uh, the Canadians were able to capitalize on one of those um, and that was the, uh, uh, the, the overtime winning goal. Um, and, um, I, again, this was uh, a game where, uh, the Canadians struggled to, uh, generate offense, um, two high danger scoring chances in the first 40 minutes. Uh, they had a better third period and then, um, took advantage in overtime. And now it's time for the game that got everyone very excited, uh, on the 20th, Arizona came into Montreal Montreal gets six, Arizona gets two. Uh, very excited game for a lot of different reasons. Not so good a game for uh, Ingram in net for uh, Arizona. Arizona is, uh, I guess, team tank right now. They seem to be doing everything in their power to make that happen, except for when they play Toronto, of course. Which is uh, fine. Montreal took, uh, <laughs> Montreal took advantage and they got the big home win. Two big storylines, first of all. Slavkovsky's first NHL goal. Uh, I guess credit to Josh Brown for awakening Slav. <laughs> uh, he took a, a pretty big hit from Josh Brown, and then that led to Slavkovsky uh, just deciding, you know what, I'm going to score here, and I'm going to be very excited, we'll say. 
And and yeah, you mentioned Connor Ingram. Connor, Connor Ingram is a better goaltender than he showed uh, in this game. There was several uh, that uh, got by him that that he'd he'd like back, obviously. Um, and you know the the Canadians had a three nothing lead before uh, Jake Allen really entered the game and had to make a save. Um, it it was it was over early and. Uh, and there was, yeah, there was lots to to celebrate. The obviously the the crowd erupted with the uh, first goal, uh, first National Hockey League career goal uh, by Yaroslavkovsky. Um, the enormous fight with uh, Arbor Zakai, Zach Cassian. Zach Cassian is a tough customer around the league, uh, but Cassian uh, didn't waste any, or um, Zakai didn't waste any time. Got on him early and uh, and took care of of Cassian, and that got the crowd excited. And then Nick Suzuki's uh, penalty shot goal, uh, a little cheeky, little Datsuk um, um, maneuver, um, and uh, and even the even the the non dress players in the uh, press box were uh, were having a good time about that goal. Yeah, uh, that's the second biggest storyline from this. Obviously, the Shakai fight. Man, uh, he is built like a tank, I guess. Uh, it's going to be, I, I guess we're just waiting to see who else he can take down. Can he take down Reeves? Can he take down Tom Wilson? Uh, exciting for fans, I guess. Uh, you just, uh, I, I guess you feel bad for Cassian. I think Cassian was expecting, oh, you know, here's this rookie, you know, how good can he be? And he just got absolutely obliterated just about. Stick tap to Michael Pozzetta. Um, and that was before the game and, and, you know, um, good for helping out a teammate, uh, told, um, um, Arbor Jacki, um, that Cassian is a technical fighter. Um, don't let him get set up. And you saw that, uh, there was none of the traditional, you know, stand, get your gloves off, get, uh, you know, adjusted. And, um, Jacki just went right after him. Uh, before he had a chance, didn't really give Cassian a chance to uh, get into the fight um, and uh, made quick work of him and then did pull his sweater over and, and gave him a little twirl on the ice. Um, it was a complete victory. So the Montreal Canadiens currently have a winning record of 3-2-0. They're 12th in the NHL. Um, like I said off the top of the show, it's nice to see some optimism. It's nice to see some fans be excited about their uh, franchise this year. Well, and, and to put it into perspective, um, three wins already, um, just five games into the season. Last season, um, eight wins in their first 40 games. Um, a, a very different uh, situation. And and there's going to be dark times. There's going to be, you know, the, the, this kind of a pace. Uh, they're 12th in the NHL currently. They're probably not going to be able to maintain um but when they when they have these and, and this is this is coming mostly in a home stand um uh, when they have these these times uh where they go on a bit of a run that's you know fans will have to enjoy thoroughly enjoy them um and uh and not get so down in the in the dark times uh, later in the season please make sure you check out habs notepad and habs headlines as posts appear regularly at allhabs.net so we're going to move on to our roster news here. 
Uh, first and foremost, congratulations to uh, Jake and Shannon Allen, uh, who welcomed a third child to their family. That's three daughters, uh, two of them born in St. Louis, and their newest one uh, was born in Broussard, Quebec. So big congratulations to that family. Uh, Jake Allen was away for a couple games on parental leave. Caden Primo filled in. Uh, he didn't end up playing any of those games, and uh, now he's back down in Laval. Yeah, real nice for the the Allen family and um and and Jake was able to come back to the net and uh celebrate the win. A uh, little uh, anecdote uh, Jake said uh, he wanted while he was at the hospital, he wanted to be watching the Canadians game um and and brought it up on his uh, iPad but it's registered in the US and the geoblock was on. He couldn't get the game uh so he had to be uh, satisfied with the radio call. Um, listening to his teammates. Uh, it's nice to hear that he still wants to support even when he's away. That's a nice little anecdote. For sure. Uh, big news this morning. Oh, I, big news in terms of Uri Slavkovsky is a big guy. Uh, he'll be out day to day with an upper body injury. Uh, looks like Rem Pitlick will likely be taking a spot in that lineup. Yeah, and and just speculation as as you said, he took a hit just before his his first goal um, from uh, Josh Brown, and and uh, uh, whether that had anything to do with it or not. Um, and and again, Jack, I made quick work of of, of Josh Brown. Uh, he came flying across the ice and uh, drove him into the boards. Um, Rem Pitlick um, doesn't appear to have been very happy uh, sitting out, and. Um, now, you understand um, why he'd be unhappy, but you understand why the decision is made too. He was a waiver pickup and and not likely to be in play at the trade deadline. Other players are, so so they they have been in the lineup. Um, it was I had mentioned a minute ago that uh, uh, the guys in the press box, the undressed players in the press box, were really uh, they were laughing, they were clapping, they were astonished at Nick Suzuki's move. Um, on the penalty shot, uh, Schooneman and, and Michael Pozzetta and, and Yol Armia and, and Mike Matheson, they were all laughing and clapping. And uh, uh, Pitlick had none of it. He was pouting. Um, I, I, was, I was quite surprised to see that. But um, anyway, he'll get, uh, it looks like he'll get his chance against uh, Dallas uh, taking Slavkovsky's uh, spot. Joel, uh, Joel Armia and Joel Edmondson are skating with the team in non-contact jerseys. They have not been cleared to play yet. Um, you hope that Armia is close to coming back uh, with Joel Edmondson. You never really know, uh, I mean, based on what happened last year when he was day-to-day for months and months and months. Uh, hopefully he can come back soon, though. Yeah, we just we don't know that that, that freak injury uh, or, or reactivated his, his uh, back injury. Uh, that he hit, he was dealing with last year when in that preseason collision with uh, uh, Nick Suzuki. Um, so it's it's hard to know when Joel Edmondson will be back. Yol Armia is kind of on schedule, I think, and uh, and was uh, scheduled to be back. Well, in when when he went out, um, um, it was thought that he'd be back sometime next week, and and he looks to be getting quite close. Carey Price is going to meet with the media on October the 24th uh, to update us on his status. 
uh, Carey Price. We got to see him a little bit at the annual blood drive at Bell Center. Uh, we'll circle back to that to, in a little bit, but uh, I think one of the things we both wanted to mention here is let's uh, let's not just assume that Carey Price is retired. I don't think it's fair to speculate on his behalf. Uh, he's Yeah, he's not going to retire. He's still got several years left on his contract. He's still got money uh, owing to him that... You know, he has earned every penny of that money. Um, And at this point, um, he's not, uh, I keep seeing things on social media about him holding back the team in some way. He isn't. Um, um, He's on LTIR. That money is being used by the Montreal Canadiens. It's not even, as we've mentioned before, not even coming out of Jeff Molson's pocket. Contracts are insured. Um, So, um, whatever happens, uh, let's focus on on what this means for Carey Price, uh, what it means for the rest of his career, what it means for uh, his personal life, and and uh, we'll we'll probably get some definitive answers on Monday when he meets uh, with the media. Yeah, and of course, uh, All Habs Magazine and uh, us here on Canadians Connection will make sure that you are up to date with everything that happens at that media availability next week. So now I think is a good time for our Habs Prospect Report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. The Laval Rocket are off to a bit of a rocky start this season. Uh, If we want to go back to their game on October the 15th uh, in Belleville, Belleville comes away with a 6-3 victory. Uh, Laval not having a whole lot of luck playing in Belleville or against Belleville so far this season. Yeah, not preseason, not uh, regular season. Uh, Belleville's had their number. And uh, on October the 19th, uh, Laval gets their first win of the season. Uh, that includes a preseason as well. It's a 2-0 win over over uh, Springfield. Shout out for Caden uh, Primo. Uh, nice to see Laval get the win. But uh, after these two met in the playoffs last season, I was surprised there wasn't a little bit more bad blood and this wasn't a super exciting game. Yeah, that's what I, I was. Uh, we were talking in, in before the uh, the podcast. Um, these These two had a had a, a, a bitter series, um, a semifinal uh, as it was. And, and uh, there's been a turnover for both rosters, but still it was, it was a pretty dead game. Um, um, and, uh, but but uh, Laval getting the, the win there. And uh, fast forward to uh, October the 21st, last night on Friday, um, it's Wilkes-Barre Scranton with two goals, Laval with one goal. Uh, I guess a better game for Laval. Uh, nice to see former Hab uh, Dustin Tukarski in net for Scranton. Uh, that was kind of cool, but uh, not enough for Laval to come away with a win. Yeah, again, it was uh, a pretty low-key game uh, throughout. Um, the only common denominator um, in, early in the season for Laval is they're taking a ton of penalties. Uh, they've been very undisciplined, mostly the... Um, the, the veterans on the team, but um, yeah, lots of penalties uh, throughout. Um, and uh, their special teams, both the power play and, and the penalty kill, haven't been very good so far early on. Um, so currently 25th in, in the AHL, and um, we're expecting more. And, um, and, and frankly, I'm expecting, I'm, I'm hoping to see Jeff will 
uh, rely a bit more on the prospects um, uh, as we go forward. So like you said, 25th in the AHL, uh, their record is 1-2-1-0, definitely a rocky start for them, but hopefully they can turn that around soon. Uh, Tonight, October the 21st, uh, they have a game in Bridgeport, then fast forward to the 26th, uh, Belleville's going to take a visit to Laval, is Laval finally going to get revenge on Belleville, we'll uh, have a chance to see there, and then on the 28th, uh, Rochester comes into Laval, always good to see Rochester and Laval face off against each other, they have a nice rivalry there. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it, uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see if um, there's been very little uh, movement uh, so far. We expect to see a lot more movement uh, as as the season goes on. Right now, Corey Schooneman, um with uh, with the Canadians. Caden uh, Primo just made that that brief stop. Um, but, um, you know, will there be, uh, as the old Armia comes back, if there's any other returns, uh, will there be uh, some additions to the Laval uh, roster? So, uh, as we know, the, this is a time for Montreal Canadians to uh, take a look at their prospects, focus on development, and we have an update for uh, some prospects that kind of stood out this past week. I think first and foremost, everyone's excited about Owen Beck. Last night on Friday, Owen Beck took a six-point night uh, playing with the OHL uh, Steelheads. That's a that's a single-game record for points uh, on the Steelheads. Absolutely incredible night for him. Yes, he he tied uh, the six points ties the Mississauga Steelheads um, single game uh, record. Uh, he was named the OHL Performer of the Night. He was named the second star in the CHL. Um, one goal, five assists. Um, that that uh, spe- spectacular. And and you know Owen had started a li- a little slow his first couple games uh, back, but. Uh, uh, not uh, not last uh, not Friday night as uh, Mississauga they they hammered the the Hamilton Bulldogs it, the final was there was eight to two and um, and Owen back in on um, six goals he was also great on the I think he was seventy some odd percent at at the faceoff dot as well yeah last year he was best in the OHL on faceoff so let's uh, I think we can expect that that will continue into this season. Uh, and let's not forget uh, Philippe Michard. He had a great four-point performance uh, last night as well in the OHL for uh, Kitchener. And it was his OHL debut. Um, he had he had arrived earlier in the week in Kitchener, uh, had some time to practice with the team. We remember that um, he wasn't he he his preference was to um, stay in in the Montreal area. He had hoped to make the Canadians, but but. Uh, was willing to go to Laval, um, and uh, the Canadians thought that it was better to have him. We we heard Kent Hughes say better eighty points in Kitchener than forty points in Laval. Um, since he's arrived there, he's he's really embraced uh, the community, likes the facilities, likes his teammates, um, and probably likes the fact that um, he's on the top line in Kitchener. He's on the uh, top power play. Uh, playing the wing uh, right now, um, and I, I think in Kitchener they'll they'll switch him back and forth. But um, his quote was, "I want to be a leader here. I want to get some points and help the team win." Um, I, I think he's, you know, he's. You saw him in the clip um, on um, on Twitter uh, at All Habs. I um, 
uh, retweeted the Kitchener uh, Rangers as he was named to star Philippe Machard, and he went out and, um, you know, really smiley. He was um, um, fist-pumping the kids. He seems to, and, and Kitchener is a great place to play, good facilities in the odd. Um, I think he'll be a, a real nice fit there, and he'll get to appreciate um, the opportunity to really learn the, the North American game and get tons and tons of minutes. Another first-round pick uh, got into a couple games in the OHL this past week, and uh, Logan Mayu uh, one assist through two games, but uh, I think you mentioned beforehand, uh, if you're looking at point totals for uh, what he's doing, you're not really seeing where he's contributing. No, he's he's just a beast, um, being very physical on the back end, and and it just makes you think about what a a pairing, a defense pairing of a Logan Mayu and and Caden uh, Gooley would look like. Um, those those would be two big. Uh, uh, mean, um, uh, physical uh, defenseman for the Montreal Canadiens. So uh, we know injuries have been an, an issue, and um, and we hope that he he has uh, a good long season in London, and he's had a, a very good start to uh, to his season. And uh, Miguel Tournier, he seems to have swapped places with Philippe Michard. I don't know if there's some sort of uh, hockey exchange program going on here, <laughs> but uh, he's out in Slovakia now. He's gotten into three games. Uh, so far, just one assist, but uh, that's another really interesting prospect to keep an eye on. He was the seventh-round pick uh, in in uh, this past draft, 2022, um, and uh, he, he, he was at the uh, Laval Rocket camp. He was cut. Uh, from the Laval Rocket camp, but wanted to play pro. Um, and so he found a spot in Slovakia. And yes, it's interesting the way uh, things have have worked out and, and he's kind of uh, exchanged positions. But he, he really seems to um, have have uh, liked it so far. At, at, at a, as a seventh-round pick, he's a small player. Uh, he's an offensive player. He's one-dimensional player. He needs to learn... Um, um, how to play a, a two-way game, and I think he'll uh, be able to do that in in Slovakia. Uh, learn the defensive side of the game, and um, and he had some very specific instructions um, from Frankie Bullion before he went, and and uh, he was told that you know as a smaller player, you got to play defense a different way. You can't just go barging on into the you know racing after uh, the the puck in the corner when a bigger forward's coming in, you've got to have a plan um, and and you need to use your stick better. So those are the kinds of things that he's going to work on uh, with Dukla, Dukla in in, um, uh, in Slovakia. Um, he He's said that the fans are, are just uh, insane there, that they sing throughout the whole game and he thinks that's, that's kind of cool. Um, and he said the other thing that he noticed uh, that was a little bit different, he said the facilities are, are great and they have a brand new uh, ice bath in the training room, uh, but it's built like a beer, uh, a beer barrel. Um, and he thought that was <laughs> rather unique um, of European hockey. So he's getting used to Slovakia and, uh, and uh, we'll, keep, we'll keep an eye on him as, as the season goes along. Um, just to go through, uh, you know, there there are so many highlights on prospects from this uh, past week. Um, we talked about the the big ones, but uh, Lane Hudson had an assist um, with Boston University. Jakob Dobas, we don't talk about the goaltenders enough. 
Uh, 34 saves for Ohio State. Uh, they beat Bentley. Uh, Jack Gorniak, don't remember, he was with uh, Cole Caulfield in Wisconsin. He had a goal, two assists, game winner. Um, and uh, Ty Sm- Smolanek, remember, switched schools. He's with Jack Gorniak in Wisconsin. Blake Biondi with UMD had a goal. Um, Vincent Rohr had a goal and an assist, a game winner. Uh, Sean Farrell had two goals and an assist with Harvard. Um, the, the, the list goes on. Uh, the prospects are doing uh, fabulous. And we haven't even talked about the queue where there's Riley Kidney. Uh, he had a three-point game, and, and uh, Joshua was off to a great season. Um, so we're going to be talking about prospects, uh, maybe a little more emphasis on prospects as we go along because uh, the prospect pipeline is very important for the Montreal Canadiens over the next couple of seasons. And continuing along with prospects, uh, Sportsnet released their uh, 2023 NHL Draft Prospect Rankings. Uh, This came out uh, very recently, so this is as of October. I'll give you the top five here quickly. Uh, Number one, of course, is Connor Bedard. Two is Mitchkov. Three is Fantilli. Four is Carlson. And five is Jaeger. Um, Which of these prospects do you find intriguing there, Rick? Well, um, uh, you know, I, th- I think that this draft upcoming, the 2023 draft, going to be a little different than the 2022 draft. There's a ton of skill. Um, there, are, there is uh, at least one generational player in Connor Bedard. Um, it's center heavy. Uh, the top 10, a lot of centers in the top 10 um, so far. That's, uh, and you're talking about Sam, our dear friend Sam Cosentino from Sportsnet has his first rankings out. Um, but, you know, the top three um, are pretty as predicted. Bedard, Michkov, Fantilli. Um, Michkov's going to be interesting because, um, you know, the, the player who selects him is going to have to get him out. Um, and and we can't ignore the realities of, of what's happening in the world and, and how that may be um, an issue. Outside of the top five, um, Sam's got uh, Zach Benson with the Winnipeg Ice in the WHL. Uh, that's a guy that I might keep an eye on to see if uh, he can move up in the rankings. Very, very skilled player. Um, but, you know, all eyes for sure for Canadians fans are hoping that they can win. Uh, the Canadians can win the, the lottery again and, um, and, and select Connor Bedard. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, one thing, and I mentioned it's pretty center heavy. One thing that this draft doesn't feature, um, and we remember what Jeff Gorton said was that the Canadians need, um, a number one elite defenseman who can, uh, run the power play. We don't see that yet. And, and we'll get, we'll get Sam on and see what his thoughts are, but, uh, the Canadians will have, uh, more than one first round selection. And so, um, you know, is there going to be a defenseman they can take? Is there going to be someone in uh, in the top 50 that they can take as a goaltender of the future? We'll see. Um, but this is our first look and, and monthly we'll look at uh, this, the Sportsnet, Sam Cosentino's uh, prospect ranking list. So be sure to read all the content at AHL.Report. Also listen to and subscribe to The Press Zone. That comes out every Tuesday and is hosted by Amy Johnson and Patrick Williams, so you won't want to miss out on a single episode. Now it's time for our Quotes of the Week. 
uh, starting things off, uh, Caden Gooley had a very interesting quote on what his expectations were uh, transi- transitioning into the NHL. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't really come into this year with, with many expectations. I just um, came in and tried to try to make the team and um, improve every day and learn a lot. So, um, you know, it's, it's nice to have a start like this, but at uh, the same time, it's only four games and um, 82 games in the season. So um, we've got to keep it going the whole year and uh, stay consistent. Uh, it hard to hear at the end. He said, "Need to stay consistent," and that's that's the key. Uh, this is a quote, and after the first four games of the season, and and uh, you know he had faced Crosby, he had faced Matthews, he had faced Ovechkin, um, but he's very grounded, very realistic, and says, um, "You know, sure, great start, but um, I I need to keep it going. I need to keep it going." Each and every game, I need to learn. I need to get better, um, and uh, I, I thought that was that was pretty fascinating. Also fascinating was Thursday night pr- prior to uh, the game with the Coyotes. Um, Andre Tourney, um, the head coach now, the Arizona Arizona uh, Coyotes, and we remember he was coach of the Ottawa 67s, uh, but also coach of the Team Canada Junior Team, and coached he coached uh, Caden Gooley. Um, and his quote was, um, in the next 15 years, no one in Montreal will have more ice time than Caden Gooley. He's a guy who's physically strong, who hits hard and skates like the wind. He makes the pass in the right place in the right time. He's the kind of guy that you're disappointed to see coming to the bench. Um, you want it to be like Nintendo and stay on the ice all the time. Uh, really complimentary. Uh, from uh, Caden Gooley's former coach, Andre Tourney. Yeah, Caden Gooley, I think he's been the best defenseman for Montreal so far this season. Of of course, it's early on, but uh, very excited to see what he develops into. We uh, have a quote coming in from Uri Slavkovsky. Of course, uh, he scored his first NHL goal the other night at uh, the Bell Center, and uh, he, uh, well, he talks about that just a little bit. Amazing to score a good first goal in this building. Yeah, so dream come true for sure. Um, he was very excited. He was obviously very excited when he scored it. Um, he got a little distracted, uh, a little distracted by Josh Brown and uh, photos of him. And, and I know they're humorous of, of him um, screaming at Josh Brown, um, uh, sharing obscenities, uh, making faces. Um, but I... Th- I and and good for him and and um, you know he's young, uh, he's emotional, and um, I, I th- it was interesting because um, it was uh, Nick Suzuki who said um, after he scored the goal said I was happy for him because he seemed to be fighting it mentally on the ice was the quote from Suzuki which we really didn't know uh, that that not scoring that not contributing was was bothering. Um, um, Yuri Slavkovsky. Um, but maybe that's why there was all that outpouring of emotion. And yes, Josh Brown had had uh, tried to hit um, Slavkovsky before that, that he scored that goal. Um, as we said, Arbor Jacki made short work of that. Um, but it was, you know, when, once he got to the bench, it was uh, Gallagher who was trying to calm him down and said... Um, you know, uh, stand up, uh, wave to the crowd, acknowledge, salute the crowd, acknowledge, and and uh, Yuri Slavkovsky wasn't. He waved, but he he didn't 
He didn't want to stand up. Um, but again, he was too fixated, I think, on on Josh Brown. And and uh, we know that there's a connection between uh, Slavkovsky and, and marrying, marrying Gabryk. Uh, and apparently Gabryk texted him and said, um, listen, um, enough of that. Celebrate with your teammates. Ignore ignore the opposition players um, and and just enjoy the moment rather than uh, trying to mock or get back or, or, or and, and 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 that's good advice because NHL players have long memories and uh, they don't like to be embarrassed and and uh, uh, so a, a fun moment, a little bit of an, a learning moment I think there for Yuri Slavkovsky. You know, lip readers had a fun time with the celebration <laughs> there. Uh, and I agree. I think uh, maybe he got uh, a little bit carried away, but uh, still a young guy and uh, great advice coming in from Miriam Gabrick. Yeah. And of course, the other fun thing that happened in that game was uh, Arbor Jack guy who defeated Zach Cassian in a fight. Uh, he uh, had a little bit to say about that. Obviously, I'm, I'm here trying to make a name for myself and show that I'm going to stick up for my team and that I'm tough and maybe they'll think twice about running our guys. So it, um, just one more thing before we move away from Slavkovsky, I'll also say that um, Gallagher said that, uh, credited the fact that um, he had told Slavkovsky to uh, start taping your stick, start taping your stick like you're in the NHL Um, because he had just been putting a couple of turns on the end and, and I guess the, the advice in um, that Gallagher had gave him uh, was that uh, every time you play a game and you miss a goal, you got to put another uh, turn or two. Uh, so the whole blade was was taped, and and I think Slavkovsky's going to keep it like that. Anyway, sorry, back to Jackai. Um, I thought it was interesting um, his quote um, that he he was sending a message that that you're not going to run our guys and and. Was that just in general? Uh, no, it turns out that that Jackai was well aware that it was Cassian uh, who had uh, run Mont- Montembeau last last year, and we remember fans were pretty upset, particularly at Jeff Petrie, that nothing was done with Cassian at that time. Jackai was well aware of what had happened. He he uh, ch- chose that uh, moment specifically and uh, to send a message around the NHL that. Uh, he was going to look after his teammates. I guess, I guess on the positive side here, it's nice to have someone that could be a little bit of a deterrent uh, if uh, players on other teams like uh, Zach Cassian want to start taking runs at your younger guys. So that's nice to see that he's found a role and he's sticking up for his teammates. For sure. So we'll uh, go to our hockey news and notes. Uh, first and foremost, some very exciting news for teams pressed right up against the cap. Uh, Gary Bettman announced that the NHL salary cap could rise by four million next season. I, I think this is pretty good news for a lot of teams. Yeah, I think it's good news for for all the teams. Now, this isn't this isn't a certainty. Uh, the the NHL projections are that, and the reason the cap has remained relatively flat is that the uh, the players owned uh, or or owed uh, the owners a lot of money. Um, and that is because revenues are split 50-50 between uh, the franchises, with between the teams and the players. And um, during the, 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 the pandemic, um, obviously the teams weren't making a lot of money, but the players were still getting paid. So that balance went um, 
heavily towards the players and they had a, uh, a debt to pay back to, to bring that back into balance. That's pretty near paid off now, um, at least by the end of the season. And so that would cause um, the, um, the cap to go up for 4 million, 4.5 million next year. That'd be great for, for most teams, including uh, the Canadians, although the Canadians are expected to have about $19 million or so come off uh uh, the cap with expiring contracts. Uh, former Montreal Canadian got signed to a one-year contract. It's the 38-year-old Eric Stahl who signs with the Florida Panthers. Uh, I'm very excited for Eric. Uh, he's a former cup winner. He gets a chance to play with his uh, brother Mark in Florida. And uh, honestly, you got to be happy for him. I, I'm really happy for him. And um, we're, we're adding this story um, there's a Canadians connection. Obviously, the last team that that Eric Stahl played for was the Montreal Canadiens, uh, playing in the the Stanley Cup final. There's also the Thunder Bay connection, which uh, which I don't mind either. Um, of course, the the Stahl, all the Stahl guys from uh, from Thunder Bay. But yes, um, he uh, he signed a PTO with uh, with the Panthers uh, for the preseason. That's been solidified into a one year contract. Um, doesn't hurt that uh, there's already an existing relationship between uh, Eric Stahl and uh, uh, Panthers coach Paul Maurice. Uh, they they've had two tours of of duty where um, they were coach and player um, in 2003 and four and 2008 to 12. Um, but uh, Paul Maurice was really impressed, surprised actually that uh, Eric Stahl came uh, in such great shape. And of course when you talk about Eric Stahl, and and when we think about the Canadian Stanley Cup run, it was Corey Perry, Eric Stahl, uh, Shea Weber, and Carey Price who were the leaders on uh, that team and and helped carry the the Canadians all the way to the Stanley Cup final against uh, Tampa Bay. So uh, I I think with with Tampa or with uh, Florida getting ousted so early in the playoffs last year, they were looking. Uh, for some leadership, and and uh, I I just think he's a great ad for the Panthers. Well, you mentioned uh, Carey Price, and uh, I teased this a little bit earlier, but uh, Carey Price was at uh, the annual blood drive at the Bell Center, and uh, we got to hear a little bit from him on social media. Hey, everyone. Carey Price here. I just wanted to remind everyone that you can give blood today at the Bell Center until 7.30. Please come in and save some lives. Thank you. Merci. Really nice that he was involved, and and the players sign up. Uh, it's a voluntary thing for these kind of community events. Um, usually, the commitment is is an hour from each player, and uh, there was a lot of players uh, at the blood drive. But Carey Price was there, and he was there for a lot longer than uh, an hour, by all reports. And and um, it, really nice to have him uh, involved in such a, an important event. Yeah, I uh, made myself an appointment at this blood drive. I was there. Uh, one of the later appointments, I was number 699 that day. <laughs> wow. uh, I went in uh, just around six o'clock. Uh, I believe the goal was 600, uh, just talking to some of the volunteers there. And they got well over 700. So big thanks to everyone who went out to that. Uh, unfortunately, I think I missed out on a lot of the players coming through. I did get to see uh, Jordan Harris from afar. Uh, he seemed to be having a good time chatting and taking photos with fans. Uh, 
big applause for Martin St. Louis when he came through. Everyone was very excited for him, and you could tell uh, Martin St. Louis enjoys uh, being uh, amongst the fans. He uh, took uh, time to talk to a lot of different people. It was pretty fun to watch that, and uh, honestly, great event, very well put on. Everyone got a nice uh, big uh, goodie bag with all sorts of uh, little uh, Habs merchandise. I got a little stress ball. I got a flag for a car. I I don't have a car, so maybe I'll just carry it around on the Metro. But uh, (laughs) it was a lot of fun. And uh, you know what? Uh, It was the 41st annual blood drive there. And uh, hopefully uh, people uh, will continue to go to ones that happen in the future. A very important uh, charitable event. And and we were pleased that you were able to represent the Rocket Sports crew and be there. We're going to talk about another uh, fundraising initiative in the third segment. Um, Just tease that right now. Yeah, and uh, we, uh, well, our last point uh, for this segment, this uh, ties in well with our Canadians Connection question of the week as uh, Montreal unveiled their reverse retro jerseys for the 2022-23 season. It's Expos inspired. They went with a very light blue. Uh, before I give my thoughts on this one, I'll, I'll hand this off to you, Rick. Um, blue again, <laughs> blue again, huh? Um, the 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 last uh, the first reverse retro was uh, was was more of a, a a Rangers blue, New York Rangers blue, and and it and honestly um, the jersey on fans for fan gear it looks sharp uh with with the blue um predominant blue um but it never looked right on the ice and now they've gone to a powder blue a uh, um expos montreal expos inspired blue and I, I i have to say i don't like it again um and 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 i i should say that uh, I like the Expos connection. That's smart. Um, and to put it in in the words of of uh, one of our fellow contributors, Mike Rashall, just the execution was poor. And for my mind, um, we 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 had a number of of leaks uh, that that had come out in the last month or so. And uh, honestly, the leaks were much better than the final product. And I really liked one of my favorites was. Um, it just had Montreal in the Expos script um, across the front um, on a grayish with the the fleur de lis. It, it was it was pretty. It was beautiful, and um, I, I thought it was it was better than 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 really what turned out. And you know they're three hundred and three hundred and twenty. Well, um, with tax and all, close to four hundred dollars. So. Um, I think there's, from what I've seen on, um, on our Facebook group, that's the all Habs group on Facebook, facebook.com slash all Habs. It's really kind of divided down the middle. You either love it or hate it. Yeah. I never knew the expo. So the color scheme to me didn't really speak to me at all. Uh, I thought the light blue was, it kind of reminded me of the Seattle Kraken color. I know it's a little bit different, but uh, it definitely reminded me of that. I'm not a huge fan and I'd like to challenge the Montreal Canadians to do something a little bit more creative. I know they don't have a ton of different Montreal Canadians style logos to base uh, their jerseys off of. I know that for the most part they've had, the same kind of color scheme throughout their franchise history. But uh, I'd like to see them do something a little bit more creative. Looking around the league, though, uh, a couple uh, ju- of my just, fa- be- oh, just before we, we go to the league, I, I just want to uh, piggyback on what you said is 
uh, they should look uh, to their history. Um, and and we remember during the centennial year, uh, they they brought out all of the jerseys uh, of the Canadians. Uh, there was the barber pole jersey. There was my favorite has always been the 1945 jersey, the white jersey with a, a nice stripes on it. Um, but there was uh, there was a number of them uh, that they brought out during um, uh, the the centennial year, and uh, I would like to see them go back and and uh, as you said, um, uh, reach into their past and and incorporate more of of, of that into a future. Uh, that that would be a true uh, retro jersey if they were able yeah. to do that. Yeah, uh, it seems like the reverse retro theme. I. I don't know that all teams are able to do that, and I don't think that all teams are necessarily abiding by what reverse retro could mean. Yeah. So uh, we'll see what they can do. I'm hoping for better next time. Uh, like I was saying before, looking around the league, I like what Washington Washington did a lot going uh, with that uh, Eagle logo. I also like what Pittsburgh did. Uh, I, it's kind of a shame they got rid of that old Penguins logo. That was the one I uh, grew up watching, and I like it quite a bit. I think it's a lot better than what they currently have. And uh, I guess number three, if I can go off the board a little bit, I, I like the fact that the Sharks are kind of paying homage to the uh, California Golden Seals a little bit, even though it's kind of a basic jersey. I like what they tried to go for there. My least favorite, I think, is Calgary. I don't understand what they did on the bottom of their jersey. Um, it just looks like somebody improperly sewed that jersey together, so I'm not quite <laughs> sure what they were going through, going for. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I, I had a hard time with this because, um, I didn't like a lot of them and, and, um, I, 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 you know, I, I, I do like, uh, when, when they incorporate some aspects of, of previous, the, the seals, although their colors were always rather garish, uh, you know, when, when Colorado did the avalanche, uh, tribute, when, when, uh, uh, Carolina did the Hartford tribute. I, I, I like that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I understand that, but you know, I, I, I don't understand what Chicago was doing. I don't understand what Detroit was doing. Um, we, they kind of along the same lines almost, um, screaming Eagle in, in Washington is, is, is pretty good, I guess. Um, you know, even, even the, uh, the Buffalo is kind of clean and crisp, but I, I, I was hard pressed to come up with a top three. Um, I really was. Um, number two on, uh, to my th- way of thinking is, uh, the Vancouver Canucks, uh, Vancouver Canucks have always had, uh, some of the worst <laughs> jerseys in <laughs> NHL history. You think of the flying V and the, you know, the yellows and oranges and mess that, that they had. I'm kind of partial to the, to the old, the original Vancouver Canucks hockey stick uh, jersey. Uh, but what they did here was uh, they reached down to uh, their AHL affiliate, the Abbotsford um, Canucks, and uh, they have the Johnny Canuck, uh, Johnny Canuck logo, Johnny Canuck mascot, and Johnny Canuck on uh, their, their white Johnny Canuck uh, uh, jerseys, that is the Abbotsford Canucks, are really quite striking, and they have the hockey stick on uh, on the, the sh- uh, shoulder patches uh, showing their affiliation. So Vancouver reached down and borrowed that Johnny Canuck, uh, and I think I think that was a, a great idea. Um, 
it, it's not bad. Uh, but for me, um, and and it's it's not even close. It's the Los Angeles Kings. Um, I've always hated that they went away from purple to black, uh, and they had the really dumb, uh, generic L.A. crest um, for the most part. Um, if you're the Kings, you got to wear the crown. Uh, if you're the Kings, you got to wear the crown, and you should be wearing purple. Um, and so for them to bring that back, uh, the, the crown, uh, the purple, the, the uh, you know, gold uh, uh, accents, I think the, the Kings um, by far uh, have the best uh, retro jersey. But <laughs> like I say, I, I, I didn't like a whole lot of what I saw. Yeah, it was a little bit rough. Um, in terms of L.A., I'm glad they didn't bring back the old Burger King logo. To me, that's one of the worst jerseys of all times. <laughs> it's it's nice that they went with the crown there. But uh, you know what? Uh, in the third segment, we'll get to hear from you, and uh, we'll also get to hear from some of our other uh, Rocket Sports teammates. Uh, for now, uh, we'll go to our first break. Uh, coming up, you'll hear a special message from our sponsors at DraftKings. And then it's our big topic step. Our big topic segment. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. Now, you know, we cover the Habs here, uh, but, you know, for me personally, I'm a fan of hockey in general. So I love to use DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, you know, to set up uh, kind of some my my favorite picks for, for opening weekend and see if we could get some same-gate parlays going on. In fact, if it's not enough excitement for you to bet that $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. That's what I like to do. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and, and lots more options for your shot at an even bigger payout. Now, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. I use it. It's so much fun. Uh, and I don't make big bets. I bet like 25 cents at a time. Like it's it, it's very reasonable. And you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella. You can give me a follow on Twitter at the Spinella. And with me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. You can give him a follow at All Habs on Twitter. You can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, visit the website, canadiansconnection.com. 
And just a little reminder here, make sure you subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player and on your favorite podcasting app. And I'd like to welcome welcome you all to our mailbag. Uh, we are very excited to, to hear from our Canadians Connection listeners. Uh, so we're going to open up uh, our All Habs Magazine mailbag for the first time this season. And we're going to answer some questions from our lovely listeners from across the continent. And in some cases, it's from across the globe. Uh, we have listeners from pretty much everywhere. We Sometimes we get some uh, emails and tweets from Greece, from Slovakia, all across the states and Canada. So it's uh, nice to be able to have uh, such a great community of listeners who engage with us. And Rick, I'll uh, leave it over to you to do the honors of reaching into that mailbag and uh, passing over that first question. It was, uh, it's a pretty full mailbag. Um, and, and we're happy that uh, you've got lots of questions. We're happy that you're excited. The spirits of Canadians fans are pretty high. Uh, as I mentioned before, and uh, uh, so we're it, it, as we go forward. If you have questions, if you have comments, use our Rocket Sports text line five eight five three Rocket. Reach out to us on social media, uh, or if you have a, something a little uh, more to say, send us an email info at allhabs dot net. Um, just to get you started, just to just to just to you know prime the pump here. Uh, we asked our Rocket Sports uh, team members if they had any, any questions. And uh, Cole, uh, who um, who helps out with our game previews, uh, his question was, um, with Beck, Mashar, and Farrell, and others, uh, can we argue that Montreal has the deepest prospect pool in the National Hockey League? From my perspective, I think they're they're getting there. They have a really decent prospect pool, especially coming out of this past draft. It seems like they've drafted a lot of great prospects, a lot of guys whose stock has risen quite a bit in the last few months. But looking around the league, you still have to see what Buffalo has and like Jack Quinn, uh, J.J. Paterka, and Owen Power, and a future number one goaltender in Uko Pekka Lukanen. Detroit still has an awesome prospect pool as well. You look, they just drafted Marco Casper. They still have Zadina in the system. Uh, Lucas Raymond coming into his second year. Even Ottawa to an extent, even though a lot of their players have started to graduate. You know, they still have a young guy in a Sanderson, a Ridley Gregg, and a Shane Pinto. So it's it's hard to compare what Montreal has uh, to across the league. I don't know that they have the deepest one. But uh, they're certainly top five, in my opinion. And uh, going into the next draft, uh, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if they for sure had the deepest one. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? I think that's the key. It's that there's other teams who've been at this a lot longer than the Montreal Canadiens. Montreal Canadiens, first overall pick in the 2022 draft. and uh, But otherwise, you know, have been picking in the teens and uh, and later. So there's other teams who have... Uh, have been at the bottom of the standings and accumulating these these really top draft picks. Um, you mentioned uh, some that I think are ahead of the Canadians. Uh, in my opinion, uh, Buffalo, absolutely. Uh, Detroit, New Jersey, I'd add in there to your list, Ottawa, sure. um, and and even Carolina. Um, and I, th- I think that um, the, the Canadians are getting there. There's a lot of really exciting... Um, picks um it was in august that we talked about the pipeline rankings from uh cory pronman and he had ranked the canadian seventh uh at that point uh 
Um, and, and, and Corey has a little bit different, uh, uh, way of ranking, um, uh, uh, those, uh, those prospects, uh, as he includes players in the, um, in the NHL as well. Um, but I would say that the Canadians are, are, um, you know, they're pushing to be in that top five. I would, I would likely have them in my top five, uh, if if we were to sit down and do rankings, uh, not, I think we agree. Not quite uh, the deepest prospect pool, but uh, certainly uh, a lot of movement in the right direction. Yeah, plenty to be excited about. And like I said, uh, depending on what happens in the next draft, they could overtake a lot of these teams as as well and uh, be that number one team uh, at this time next season. So we'll keep an eye on that. And uh, like I said, just so many prospects to be excited about across the league. Mm-hmm. So we'll uh, take a look at uh, some questions that we received from our listeners. Uh, I think first and foremost, coming from Dennis in uh, Sudbury, Ontario, his question is, now that Slavkovsky has scored, he has proven that he is an NHL player, but will he stay with the Habs all season? What's your answer to that one? That's a great way to get us started from uh, Dennis in Sudbury. Again, Sudbury... uh, um... Habs fans are everywhere, and I know there's a lot of uh, Habs fans uh, in the Sudbury area. Um, is he, has he proven that he is an NHL player? Uh, yes, he got a goal, um, and uh, that's a big accomplishment. It's going to be a big confidence boost. It's unfortunate that he's not going to be in the lineup uh, right away uh, against Dallas. The, the upper body injury will keep him out. Um, but... Will he stay in the in the Canadians lineup uh, all year long? I don't think so, and that's not a bad thing. And that doesn't mean necessarily that um, you know that 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 he's not an NHL player or he won't have a future as an NHL player. It doesn't mean any of those things at all. It means um, he probably needs to be um, getting more ice time, maturing, learning the North American game, learning how to be a pro. Um, and and we talked about you know the 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 signs of immaturity that that uh, even being in in Laval would uh, um, would help him with and and so uh, if Yol Armia comes back and uh, Yuri Slavkovsky is is uh, assigned to Laval don't be surprised don't be upset um, and in and it might be an opportunity for uh, a lot of fans to get to see him uh, to see him play in the AHL and and for the Laval Rocket to get uh, more attention and frankly, the Montreal media who mostly ignore the uh, uh, the AHL, um, our team does a superb job. Amy Johnson, Chris Lee, uh, um, Chris G, um, it'll be it'll be their opportunity to uh, keep you up to date on uh, on the progress of Yuri Slavkovsky. So. Um, I, I, I don't think he's going to stay in the NHL all season. And I also don't think that's a bad thing. I think NHL fans have been spoiled by the amount of talent we've gotten from first overall picks over the past uh, couple decades there. You know, you had your Crosby's, Ovechkin's, uh, Matthews, McDavid, uh, all guys that were able to step in and right away be impact players. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing if Slavkovsky is not that case. Uh, look over at Shane Wright uh, in uh, Seattle. He seems to not quite be NHL ready at all, and that's not a bad thing either. I think both of these players are going to be fantastic going forward. Uh, in terms of Slavkovsky's goal, 
wasn't the prettiest goal if i'm being honest i think a lot of other a lot of other teams a lot of other goalies it's probably not going to be a goal but hopefully this is something that can give him confidence if it's up to me i think i would let him have a few games in laval at least I don't know if the team's going to be willing to do that, but uh, we'll see what happens. I, I I feel like Montreal is maybe okay with just keeping him in a lesser role just to see what they have in him. Yeah, and um, I, I I should have also mentioned Patrick Williams, part of our AHL report team. And, and Patrick uh, said that this is uh, um, a, a real different kind of year in the AHL. Uh, because uh, record-setting, really, having um, high prospects. Uh, Simon Nemich uh, is in the AHL, and and um, first-round draft picks uh, in the AHL this season is becoming a bit of a trend. So, um, again, if the Montreal Canadiens do it, it it um, it shouldn't be thought of as a bad thing. No, not at all. And we'll uh, go on to our next question, coming in uh, from Josh uh, from Saint Vital, Manitoba. Uh, simple question: Can Caulfield score fifty? Well, um, simple question. Maybe we need some help with this one. Personally, I give us one chance in three. Oh, so um, Captain Mark Aramius there with the one chance in three. Um, can he score fifty? He can. Um, he can. Um, and we remember that between last season and this season, um, since the changeover, um, that Caulfield has 25 goals in his last 41 games. And isn't that convenient for, uh, for math? Uh, because uh, 41 games, you make that 82 games, and that's 50, uh, a pace of uh, a 50-goal pace. So, yes, he can. Is he likely to do it? I don't think so. Um, because... It's not easy. Um, he's been on a great. Uh, uh, he's had a great uh, run at the end of last year and and into this season, uh, but it's really tough to score fifty goals in the National Hockey League. We we talked about it in uh, our bold predictions. Thirty five would be great. Uh, Amy said forty. Um, those would be remarkable. And uh, uh, fifty, I think I think is is. Um, I I just I I wouldn't want to put that much pressure on a young player like that. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen this season. Probably not next season. Down the road, if he continues to to develop and be the scoring threat that he is, I think it's possible that he could do it at least once throughout his career. I don't think he's quite there yet. Um, consistency is key when it comes to scoring and getting to 50 uh very special players get to 50 not everybody gets there very special players get to even 40 like you mentioned mm -hmm. so i mean if caulfield can come in and be a 30 35 goal scorer that in itself is a huge accomplishment and that's right around what i would expect from him yeah i agree and uh, Alan from Longay, Alan uh, from Longay, actually. Uh, just Oops, before sorry. we get to Alan, um, I, we we have another uh, Rocket Sports uh, contributor, and that's uh, Mike Rashel. and uh, he, he had a, a Caulfield question um, as well. So maybe we can just kind of shoehorn that in here. Um, he was asking what a, um, a contract extension will look like for Cole Caulfield. Uh, my opinion is that, um, uh, you know, what we know is that, that negotiations haven't started and uh, there's a lot of things at play. Um, there's, there's not a lot of 
resume there. There's not a lot of history uh, to base negotiations on. The other part of that's going to play is is this increasing cap. Uh, but I think whatever happens, it's going to be uh, you know uh, a touch. Uh, lower than what uh, the Canadians have given to Nick Suzuki um, as the captain. They want to keep him at the top of the list. Um, so if it's eight years at 7.75 or, or something in that ballpark, um, I think that's uh, my sense is that, that they're both going to want to go long-term here. But as I said, negotiations haven't started and there's, there's lots at play. And you mentioned the rising salary cap. I wonder if Caulfield's the type of player that might go with maybe a four-year contract just to see if the salary cap's going to continue yeah. to go up and he'll want to definitely cash out after that. So we'll see what happens. I know that there are a lot of young players that still do want to sign those eight-year deals. But, uh, you know, you look over what happened with Toronto and what happened with a lot of their uh, young stars. I wonder if Caulfield's going to want to go in that direction. Yeah. That's that's a good point. So Elaine uh, from Longay sent in a question: uh, Who is out of the lineup when Armia returns? Is it Hoffman? Right? <laughs> he, he's hinting he wants Hoffman out of the line, and and I hear you. Um, fans are are not happy with with Mike Hoffman right now. Um, I think Mike Hoffman stays in the lineup uh, partially because uh, they need to get some value out of Mike Hoffman and uh, make it possible for him to be traded at some time during the season, um, 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 hopefully prior to the, to the trade deadline. Uh, as far as who's, um, you know, waiver exempt, that's uh, Caulfield. He isn't going to Laval and Slavkovsky. I still think um, that, um, yes, I would send Slavkovsky to uh, Laval over a Mike Hoffman. Yeah, it depends on what happens with other injuries, too. Um, I think Pitlick is probably someone that pro- would come back out. Hoffman, yeah. I, I think I'd probably make him a scratch at some point. Same with Drouin, too. If he keeps getting into the lineup, he'd be a guy that I would not mind taking out, too, because I've just not seen a whole lot coming from him. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. It depends on, I think, the injury situation going forward. But uh, Hoffman is definitely a pretty good candidate. There's just not a fit for him at this point, and uh, I wonder if he's going to be on the trading plot coming coming up. And we said that, um, you know, in the summer, we said we just didn't see a fit for Mike Hoffman um, in the lineup, and and uh, we hoped that there would be a trade before the season began. There wasn't. Uh, so, unfortunately, the Canadians have to deal with him now. Yeah, and maybe Hoffman is still a guy that can have an impact on an NHL team. But right now on the Canadians, I don't think he's happy. I don't think the Canadians are happy with him. So it's, uh, it is what it is at this point. Mm-hmm. So uh, Kevin from Waterville uh, reached out. Uh, it's nice to get to a, a message from uh, someone uh, not uh, very close to Montreal and someone that's not uh, in Canada. That's pretty cool. Waterville, uh, Maine, we should say. Yeah, Waterville, Maine. So we're going south of the border. That's pretty awesome to hear from you, Kevin. Uh, who has the best chance of being traded for a first-round draft pick at the deadline? We kind of talked about this in our uh, bold predictions uh, a few weeks back with uh, with Amy. Um, obviously, uh, it, Kent Hughes wants, has two, wants another uh, first-round pick. Uh, Sean Monaghan, if he continues to play the way he's playing, 
Uh, he already got a, a first-round pick for Sean Monaghan when the trade was made. If you could get another one uh, for him uh, before the trade deadline, uh, what a deal that would uh, be. And I, I know that that all of a sudden uh, fans kind of get attached to players. And when players do, well, well maybe he could be resigned. No, that's not what this team is about. That's not what uh, – so, uh, you know, cheer him on. Uh, love what he's doing, but don't get attached to him because it's best for the organization if Sean Monahan's traded. And in my opinion, he's the most likely uh, to fetch uh, a, a first-round pick. Um, I, you know, we talked about, I think when we talked about our bold predictions, I also, I expect uh, Davidoff to be traded. I expect Armia to be traded. Uh, don't think those guys, uh, unless they really turn it on, are bringing in a first-round pick. Yeah, Monaghan seems to be a nice fit with this team. Uh, I think he'll do well under uh, Martin St. Louis and what his style of coaching is. So I agree, Monaghan seems to be the best candidate for that. Uh, if I'm thinking about buying a Montreal Canadiens jersey, I won't get Monaghan <laughs> on the back. I'll get first-round draft pick. Uh, another guy that I think could get traded to is uh, Josh Anderson. I don't know if uh, it he'll get a first round draft pick, but uh, you look at last year, uh, Montreal managed to get a first round draft pick for Ben Chirot. Uh, you know what? Why not uh, Josh Anderson as well? We'll see what happens there. Um, other than that, you mentioned uh, guys like Dadnov and Armia. I, I don't see them getting first round draft picks. No, that's right. Uh, we have uh, another question coming in from uh, Jacob in New Dundee, Ontario. Uh, he says uh, Jacai was the sheriff when he played for the Blue Shirts, a.k.a. the Kitchener Rangers, for those who don't know. Now he is Wi-Fi after taking care of Cassian and some senators. What will his nickname be when he beats Reeves? All right. Um, yeah, it's good to have goals, I guess. Um, New Dundee is a, a tremendous little community uh, outside of uh, Kitchener-Waterloo. Um when I was going to the University of Waterloo, there was a bluegrass bar there that I frequented far too often. Um, Jacob, uh, it's a tremendous question. Um, and, and of course, uh, Jack is uh, thought of, uh, he's a Hamilton native and thought of um, uh, as, uh, as a Hamilton bulldog, but he was only traded there um, after spending, I think it was four years in, in Kitchener and, and was one of their alternate captains. And, and yes, he was the sheriff uh, uh, for the Kitchener Rangers. Um, Chris Weidman's come up with this Wi-Fi name for him, which uh, folks think is, is kind of clever in that uh, his, his, uh, his name looks like, his last name looks like a, a Wi-Fi pass or a, a, a password to get into somewhere. <laughs> Um, uh, you know, all of this, uh, attention is, is great. Maybe, um, you know, he said he, that he sent a message to the league, the league, the, the guys around the league and, and a guy like Ryan Reeves, uh, will know who he is before, before that happens. And, and just, uh, you know, if you want to mark it on your schedule, January, uh, the Canadians meet, uh, the New York Rangers twice, uh, in Montreal and in New York on uh, January 5th and January 15th. So um, I just, I just say, just, just, just slow, <laughs> slow down a bit. Um, I don't want to see, I don't want to see Arbor Jack going up against Ryan Reeves. Ryan Reeves is, is, uh, 
is the t- uh, king of the hill for a reason, and and you don't want to see um, Jackai uh, totally focused on one thing. We remember Pozzetta, uh got his clock cleaned by Ryan Reeves very easily, and and Reeves uh, said he had no idea who Pozzetta was. Uh, Pozzetta begged for a fight, and Reeves said, "I had to give it to him," um, and did. Um, so, I I, I want to see. I want to see um, Jackeye um, devoting time and and focus to his defensive game, which I think has actually been pretty decent. Um, when you look around the league at at fighting majors, Arbor Jackeye has one. There's only three player uh, players that have uh, two fighting majors each: Parker Kelly in Ottawa. Maxime Comtois in Anaheim and former Canadian Nicholas Delorier in Philadelphia. Um, if you look at the average uh, minutes uh, per game, um, ice time, Parker Kelly's at uh, under seven minutes, uh, Comtois at 12, Nick Delorier's at eight. Uh, Arbor Jacques stands out because he's at 15. Um, so I, I, I don't want to see him. Yes, I want to see him protecting his teammates. I want to see him sending that message. I want to see him playing physical with an edge. Don't want to see him taking penalties. Don't want to see him getting in fights uh, every game. And I don't want to see, um, you know, this, this, this super match being promoted uh, with Ryan Reeves. Um, because, you know, somewhere along the way, it's going to be someone that you don't expect that's going to teach uh, Jack I a lesson and, and, and we don't want to see it. We, I just don't want to see that. Yeah. Uh, in terms of will his nickname change? No, I hope Wi-Fi is here to stay because that's, <laughs> that's a very clever nickname that Chris Weidman came up with. Uh, I like that quite a bit. Um, and I agree with your point too. Uh, Jack, I, I would like him to focus on a lot of other aspects to his game outside of fighting. Uh, losing a defenseman for five minutes in a period is difficult for teams. Defensemen already take, well, they have to play so many minutes already. Uh, it, it's just taking five minutes of ice time away from them. That's, that's hard. Uh, you, you can't do that consistently. And like you said, you, you just, you never know what, to, you know, how he's going to face off against a guy like Ryan Reeves. Ryan Reeves is next level. He's probably the strongest guy in the league. Uh, I mentioned Tom Wilson is another guy in the first segment there. Uh, do you really want to see Jack I try and face off against those guys? And I think it, what it comes down to, too, is timely fights. You don't want to just go looking for fights right. any old time like Michael Pozzetta did. You want it to be timely. Uh, yes, yeah, stick up with, for your teammates, uh, if you think that your team needs a little bit momentum and there's an opportunity, you know what? Why not take it? It's, it's exciting. It'll energize the team. I don't want uh, Montreal to be up 3 nothing, controlling the game completely. Jack, I get into a fight, and then all of a sudden the other team has all sorts of momentum. You don't want to see that happen. And, uh, yeah, I think Jack, I, for now, I'd like to see him focus on a lot of his other aspects uh, when he's playing. And like I say, it it's not all about Ryan Reeves. It's it's going to be somebody else that you don't expect. It's going to be a Brendan Lemieux. It's going to be, well. Anthony Mantha went with uh, Caden Gooley. Um, you, you know, a Corey Perry who, who um, you know, has a lot of experience. It's going to be someone that you you don't expect. Maybe. Um, and 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 um, yeah, they don't need to. Uh, a Jack eye sitting five minutes, as you said, but they don't need him to lose him 
uh, to an injury. And we saw him, he had his, his, uh, his hands were pretty bashed up. The Canadians are already uh, thin on defense. Uh, they don't need to lose uh, Jacai for any um, length of games either. Yeah, and nevertheless, it, it has been exciting to see oh, what Jack sure. has been doing. He's quickly become a fan favorite. I don't think it'll be very long before we start seeing Jack Guy jerseys all over the place, but uh, credit to him in his uh, young career, he's definitely made a name for himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, our next question comes from uh, Christian in Grand Falls, New Brunswick, so going out east a little bit. Thank you for sending in this question. Uh, is this a surprise playoff team? I'll go first on this one. Uh, look, I love the optimism and I love the excitement, but I, I don't think it's going to happen. It's uh, too early in the season uh, to start uh, thinking about that. The Atlantic is a really difficult division this year. Uh, you look at what uh, Buffalo and Detroit and Ottawa have been doing so far in this season. All of those teams are taking big step forwards. Uh, you still have Florida, you still have Tampa Bay, you still have Toronto that are going to do very, very well. So I just, I don't think it's in the cards for this season. I think Montreal uh, is, it's a good thing that they're playing uh, exciting games. It's a good thing that they've won a few in uh, this uh, early season. I don't think that in the long run, they'll be able to keep it up like this. Uh, To an extent, I think they've benefited from teams like, uh, the Penguins and the Leafs maybe coming in and underestimating them, uh, not playing at their best. And uh, you know what? Good on Montreal for taking advantage. You're also not going to play Arizona every single game this season. Arizona is basically the worst team in the NHL of all time. Just looking at them on paper, I don't think many of those players even crack NHL rosters on any other on any, any other team. So uh, I guess. Uh, to put it shortly, I don't think that Montreal will be a surprise playoff team this year. We love the optimism, and and thanks for the question, Christian. Um, it it's uh, it's good to get excited, but I think th- it's this is going to be about small victories. This is going to be about personal victories for uh, players this season, uh, not so much about the Canadians being a playoff team, because uh, that's. I, I just don't see it happening either. I agree with you, Michael. Um, right now, the Athletic has uh, the the Canadians uh, in their power rankings as 27th. I think that's about right. I think that's uh, they'll, they'll fluctuate around that number uh, up and down um, the, this season. Um, w- one thing that's that's really helped it's helped a young coaching staff. Uh, it's helped uh, young players um, is the fact that uh, the first of the first seven games, five of them have been at home uh, or five of them will be at home. Uh, and the Canadians have played uh, well at, at home uh, this season. And uh, I think that may have given a boost as well as, uh, as being underestimated, as you say, um, there's going to be, there's, there's going to be some, um, as we saw in the preseason, there's going to be some uh, difficulty uh, scoring. There's going to be um, the the defense is going to be exploited. Goaltending is going to be an issue. Hasn't been that way uh, so far, um, but you know it's likely to to be an issue. Um, so there's going to be there's going to be low points this season. Uh, just haven't hit them yet, um, and that's why we're getting all of this excitement. Um, but but. N- Playoffs, not this year, and that's that's okay. 
Yeah, and you know what? Uh, not to discredit them, they've played well. I think their goaltending has actually been a pleasant surprise so far. Uh, it's nice to see that they took advantage of some weak goaltending in Arizona when they did that. But I'll put this in perspective too. Looking at the standings, you see that Philadelphia is off to a great start. Are, are they a playoff team? Probably not. When you look at that roster, I expect them to have it coming down to earth as well. Yeah, I and, agree. Uh, yeah, our final uh, question comes on uh, from Chantel in uh, Lac-Beauport, Quebec. Will Carey Price play again? Who will be the Habs goalie of the future? Well, um, we're going to find a lot of the, the answers out on Monday when Carey meets with uh, the media. And um, I, I think it's it's looking really tough for Carey Price uh, to play again. Um, he needs a surgery to do that. And it's a risky surgery, as we talked about, uh, that may impact, may negatively impact um, his life outside of hockey. So, um, you know, will he decide at some point that, that he still has unfinished business, as he said, and, and wants to come back? He might. Um, I, I think the odds are, are pretty slim, uh, though. Who's going to be the, the Habs goalie of the future um, you know, I, I've said it a while. I don't think he's in the organization, whoever he is, um, just yet. Now, that's not to say that Jakob Dobas, uh, you know, we, we talked about the, uh, the prospects, um, the, you know, that, that, that are going to uh, emerge. Unfortunately, it's not Caden Primo. It's not Sam Montembeau. And um, Jake Allen has a, a limited lifespan, uh, career span as a number one goaltender so um i i think the canadians are going to be searching for that number one goaltender um and uh, whether that's plucking him from another a young goaltender from another uh team or drafting um they they've bought themselves uh, a bit of insurance with that new contract for jake allen um but um yeah chantelle a, a great question and and you're obviously concerned about uh, Carrie Price, and, and as we all are, and um, and we'll learn more on Monday about that. Yeah, I, I agree with you on Carrie Price. Uh, I think it's best to wait and see for now. I hate to speculate too much, as I don't believe that's really fair to him or his family. Uh, in terms of the Habs goalie of the future, uh, they don't, I don't think they currently have it, and I don't think they've set themselves up to acquire that piece this year or even necessarily next year, per se. Uh, looking around the league, I guess this past summer, someone I thought they could potentially take a swing at to be their goalie of the future was uh, uh, Gorgiev. Obviously, that didn't happen. He ended up in uh, Colorado. Someone that I think teams will want to keep an eye on is uh, Vimelka over in Arizona. I think he's got a pretty bright future as an NHL goalie. I don't think that Montreal is in a place where they can acquire that piece right now. There's just not space between Allen, uh, Primo, and Montembeau. Uh, Primo and Montembeau both being on one-way contracts uh, this and next season. That doesn't really leave the space for that to happen. We'll see what happens at the draft. They could end up uh, coming away with a goalie uh, through the draft. And you mentioned uh, Jakob Dobas as well. Uh, keep an eye on him. Goalies, uh, they can be late bloomers. They can always surprise you. Uh, but uh, I kind of agree with uh, what you're thinking. I don't think that that uh, goalie of the future is currently in the Montreal organization. And uh, let's not forget about Joe Verbetic, um, played in yeah. Brampton, now with uh, in the ECHL. 
uh, with Trois Rivière, um, and uh, Frederick Dikau, uh, um is um, over in Europe. Uh, uh, that's another goaltender in the um, in the organization. I, I think uh, in the NCAA, um, uh, Jakob Dobas probably has uh, the best chance of of that trio. Yeah, for sure. And keep an eye on free agency too uh, in the next uh, couple of years, depending on where Montreal is at. But uh, the thing that gets me the most is that they have three guys locked up uh, with a little bit of term all on one way. So they're not, uh, they don't seem to be in a, a big hurry. And uh, maybe they don't necessarily have to with the way that uh, Montembeau and Allen have played so far in this season. So if uh, you want to, to ask a question or submit a comment uh, to be read on air, please make sure it uh, contains your uh, last, your first name and uh, where you're from. Uh, we always love hearing from our amazing listeners. These were all awesome questions. So thank you to everyone that submitted a question. Uh, even if uh, you didn't get on air, please continue to submit those questions. We love to hear from our listeners. And uh, Rick, uh, once more, I'll get you to say that uh, Rocket Sports text line. 5853-ROCKET or by email, info at allhabs.net. Yeah, we love hearing from you. We'll respond, even if we don't respond on air, we'll respond to you, um, to your email, to your text. And yeah, it's really important uh, to, uh, I think, um, you know, for the folks that have been listening to us for uh, a long time, they know they know the rules. Uh, give your name, give where you're from. Although we have a lot of, of, of uh new subscribers so uh we're glad to have you uh, along but uh we like mentioning uh, where uh, habs fans are because uh, habs fans as i've always said habs fans are everywhere so uh next segment we'll get into our canadians question of the week for now we're going to take our final break uh please stay with us this is the canadians connection podcast on rocket sports radio the Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag showyourhabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, 
Log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Welcome back to episode 214 of the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and you can visit our website, canadiansconnection.com. Also, feel free to text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line, 5853-ROCKET. We always like to hear from our listeners, and... Uh, we will get to our Canadian Connection question of the week momentarily, but uh, it's uh, it's very difficult to keep up with these Montreal Canadiens and everything that's going on. There were so many storylines this past week, and uh, we do our best to help keep everyone up to date and informed. Some of the ways we do that is our All Habs hockey magazine, allhabs.net. You can go on there and check out Chris G's weekly notepad that comes out every Monday, and he keeps you up to date with everything that had gone on He'll go through Montreal Canadiens, Laval Rocket, and he'll even go as far down as uh, the Trois-Rivières uh, Lions. So make sure uh, you check that out as it comes out every Monday. Also, YouTube, Amy Johnson. Every Thursday, she releases the Habs Hockey Report. This past episode is entitled Slavkovsky and, and Jack Eye Stole the Show. Uh, head over to youtube.com slash allhabsmagazine. Make sure you're subscribed and you check that out. Amy loves to interact uh, with her viewers as well. If you leave a comment, I can guarantee that she will uh, have a little discussion with you and she might even read it on air. So make sure you check that out. It's great content and it's a great way to keep up uh, in the midweek. Just to be clear there, you don't need the magazine part. It's uh, youtube.com slash allhabs. And you know what? Um, that YouTube is over the next couple of weeks, um, like there's handles on Twitter, like there's handles on Facebook over the next couple of weeks, uh, YouTube's going to make this uh, situation a whole lot easier. They're going to roll out handles and we'll have a handle for our, uh, all Habs account on, on YouTube. But for now, youtube.com slash all Habs is uh, where you need to go. Uh, a great show by Amy. Um, I liked, uh, there was a, um, I think she was talking about rituals and there was a comment by one of uh, her viewers that said uh, his ritual was to uh, mute the TV during the anthems and uh, and play Roger Doucette, a uh, classic uh, Roger Doucette anthem singer uh, who sometimes changed the, the words of the Canadian National Anthem, got himself <laughs> in a bit of trouble. But yes, Roger with that little guy with a booming voice uh, that would... Um, um, uh, fill the Montreal Forum, um, and and uh, I, I thought that was uh, that was a fun little ritual that uh, one of her read her uh, viewers mentioned. Yeah, we also have our Rocket Sports podcast. Uh, as you're listening today uh, on Saturday, the Canadians Connection podcast comes out. Please make sure you subscribe to that. Uh, we are here all year round. Uh, we gained a lot of new listeners throughout the summer. We were one of the few uh, podcasts that stuck around throughout July and August to keep everyone up to date. And we'll uh, continue to be here throughout the season to keep you up to date. You can also check out the Press Zone uh, if you like Habs Prospects, AHL, everything like that. Please make sure you uh, listen to and subscribe to the Press Zone. That comes out every Tuesday and it's hosted by Amy Johnson and Patrick Williams. 
Also, Movember's coming up. Uh, if you are interested in supporting uh, the Rocket Sports Movember initiative, reach out to us. Uh, we're also interested in maybe having some listeners come on board. Uh, you can do different things. You can either help by donating, you can grow a mustache, keep everyone up to date. I believe there's also other ways in which you can contribute, like walking and whatnot. So feel free to reach out to us if you're interested in uh, helping us out with our Movember initiative. So for all of our listeners, we're going we're gonna to tell you how you can uh, sponsor us once Movember starts in, in the month of uh, November. And, uh, but right now, if there's uh, any of our listeners who want to be part of our Movember team in raising money, raising awareness uh, for this very important cause, um, yeah, reach out to us, send us a text, uh, send us uh, an email, or reach out uh, to us on social media and tell us that you want to be uh, part of this um, part of this movement that that helps to um, uh, raise money and awareness for the men in our our lives that uh, that means so much to us. So, um, November we're participating again. Um, probably nine or ten years that we've been doing this. Uh, the Rocket Sports team is is uh, participating once again. So now uh, we will move on to our Canadians Connection question of the week. Which is your favorite reverse retro 2.0 jersey, and are you willing to buy one? Uh, we uh, put this question out to our Rocket Sports team members as well. Uh, feel free to let us know what you think. Did you like the Canadians one? Uh, you got to hear our opinions in the first segment. Me, personally, eh, not a big fan, but uh, here are some of the reactions that we got from our Rocket Sports teammates. Uh, first and foremost, coming in from Amy Johnson. Her top three are the Flyers, the Blues, and the Canucks. I get the feeling she's a little bit biased, and I think she uh, <laughs> she really loves those Flyers pants that uh, they're going to be wearing during warm-ups this season. The Cooperalls were something uh, new for you. Uh, of course, Cooperalls were um, a brief fad, uh, uh, replacing the, the traditional socks. Uh, and uh, the Flyers, when they had their retro um, uh, jersey, during the warm-ups, they're going to be wearing... Uh, the the Cooperalls, uh, which I think you called snow pants, something like that. Yeah, they look uh, like snow pants. <laughs> uh, particularly when the Hartford Whalers did it in the in the green pants. Um, uh, Adam Lieblin, uh, his two favorites are uh, Washington uh, and uh, the Vancouver Canucks. Um, as far as the Hab jersey, he's not he's not a big fan. He said they're not great. Uh, wish that they use the alternate Expos logo or went with. The candy cane, uh, bar- barber pole, I think, uh, is is what they're called. And and uh, those are uh, you love them or you hate them. Those barber pole, I happen to to like those jerseys. Yeah, we also got to hear from uh, Mike Rashel, his top three Canucks. Uh, he liked that quite a bit with the new logo. He liked the Kraken, even though that they have no history. And he also said the Kings. So he agrees with you, Rick, on that one. Uh, he loves the color scheme and he loves that crown. His bottom three are Detroit, Vegas, and the Sharks. I disagree with the Sharks. I love what they did there. <laughs> um, Cole, who uh, writes the, the game previews and, and gave us a question for our second segment, uh, he loves the, the Canadians' uh, reverse retro twos uh, and, and uh, much better than uh, the royal blue color that they had uh, last year. And he said that the red NHL logo on the collar is a nice detail. Yeah, man, I think we can all agree. Uh, shame on the Hurricanes for not giving us another Whalers jersey. I would have loved to have seen that. <laughs> for sure. 
So that's going to be uh, all for us uh, in terms of uh, the reverse retro jerseys. I'll let everyone know uh, what to expect uh, for important dates coming up over the next week. Tonight, Saturday, October the 22nd, uh, Dallas takes a trip into Montreal. That's a 7 p.m. start. That should be interesting to see. Uh, I'm excited to see Jason Robinson. Uh, if you want to fast forward to October the 25th. It's, it's, uh, it's the Jake. It's Jake versus Jake tonight. Oh, is it Jake, Jake Allen? Yeah, Jake Allen versus Jake Ottinger. That's uh, that'll be fun. that a fun matchup in goal. Yeah, and uh, well, another fun matchup coming up on the twenty fifth. Uh, Minnesota comes into Montreal. Uh, will we see Mark Andre Fleury, who's off to just a terrible start? <laughs> R.I.P. my fantasy team. <laughs> and just after that, uh, on October the 27th, uh, Montreal is going to pay a visit to Buffalo for uh, an Atlantic Division matchup. Uh, I'm curious to see how these teams, uh, two teams match up against each other. With some uh, lots of young talent on both sides. For sure. So that's going to be a wrap for us today. Thank you all for listening. Please make sure, if you're not already, you subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player on your favorite podcasting app. You can also share on social media if you like what you heard. Enjoy the week, and we'll be back here next Saturday, October the 29th, for another great episode of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.